Hi everybody, welcome to Freshwater Perspectives. Today we're gonna to be talking about Neos, the African Lake Disaster. Thanks for joining us. Hi everybody, welcome back. This is Freshwater Perspectives. We talk in this podcast anything related to freshwater from fisheries, water quality, you name it. So um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Riley Bewley, and this is my other co-host. I'm gonna let her let him introduce himself. I am Matt Gladfelter. Matt Gladfelter. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good, Riley. Another yeah. week down. Um, mm -hmm. More wedding planning stuff out of the way. Um, we got the yeah. caterer, which is good. You getting there? Um, yeah. It's just, I feel like once we check one thing off the list, like four more things creep up. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm slightly less stressed, um, at least for now. So yeah. uh, we did a little bit of, we, we finally did some fishing this weekend. Um, yeah, we went out to, to one of the ponds here on campus um, and yeah. we try to do some bass fishing. Rachel doesn't, she likes fishing. She doesn't like touching the fish as much. <laughs> Yep. so she was of course catching all the fish um, <laughs> i just had so, her up sorry yeah, i just had her up yeah. on like a little like hook and bobber kind of thing yeah and she was reeling in like crappie every five minutes so i barely had my little kelly worm in the water but i caught yeah. i caught i caught two decent sized ones nice. I, I was happy i was happy there you what go. about you for those of you who don't know a little um humble brag of the um alma mater but uh auburn has so there's, there's some schools like land grant universities that they call it. So these kind of bigger schools, they have natural resource departments and Auburn's one of them. I'm sure we could talk about that in the future episode too. put it on the list. If someone at home is tracking us, but uh, Auburn has a fisheries campus for lack of a better word. And it's, it's magnificent. It is just, uh, it, yeah. it was the number one reason I chose to go here for grad school. Um, like over what is it three i think they changed the number a little bit but it's still over 300 ponds on campus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that they use for various different experiments or actual fisheries goings-ons where they're trying to like teach undergrads how to be fisheries managers here on campus they don't have to go somewhere remote it's 10 minutes north of the main campus yeah super convenient for us to run our experiments in relatively natural systems yeah. and you can fish on them which is fantastic yeah some of them yeah, but yeah, uh, some, so, handful, so some professors sorry. have their own their own lakes, right? Where they can mm -hmm. manipulate them and, and do the, the full 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 lake. I'm going to use the same word again, manipulations, right? Mm -hmm. So it's uh, for sure one of the selling points of when I went down there. It's just the idea that I'm from the north again, I think that's every podcast I've mentioned that, but it's um, never thought I'd be down south, but it's an area where you could do research like your, your summer quote-unquote summer season is almost all year round like oh, down yeah. there or like a good portion of it extended with those months and it's yeah pretty fascinating that yeah they do anything from from all aquaculture to yeah sports fish management small pound impoundment management it's uh it's really cool and they, they also have one on the coast so those those saltwater mm -hmm. folks those others in our field um not to be mentioned on our freshwater podcast, but uh, they they there's a facility down there too. Just kidding, we love, I love it. Yeah, we love we love them. They bring us <laughs> shrimp, so we had a shrimp sale too. Um, one of the the group organizations that was fun, but we just did that. Auburn. We just did that. What is it now? Three weeks ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. where we bagged all the shrimp up. So yeah. apparently, so the this is the most they ever sold. So four thousand pounds. Or sorry, so they sold like three thousand nine hundred pounds, and we got four thousand in. I think we just like with two bags to spare, we met all the orders. It was Holy close moly. this year. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of that money goes back into the department for like scholarships and travel funds for for us graduate students to utilize. So and for those yeah. folks that never had like fresh, never frozen shrimp, oh, it's great. noticeably yeah. different. Like crazy but uh, we just because we were doing so much fishing this weekend we were craving some surf and turf tacos so that's that's what we actually had today we had some of our our fresh auburn shrimp fresh auburn mm -hmm. shrimp yeah 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 cool 
Um, <laughs> nice. So, okay. What am I doing? Um, so it's, it's to, to time this, uh, podcast, it's Labor Day weekend. Don't know when we'll, we'll get it out, but, uh, we, uh, my wife and I were going to across Wisconsin. It's our favorite place in the world. Um, and we're, we're going camping for like three days. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. So it's, we're, it's called Goose Island. Um, it's this really big island and it's, we chose there so you can like canoe. It's like an eight mile canoe thing around the, 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 the circumference of the, the, the island and, uh, hmm. just primo fishing. I think it's like top 100 in the U.S. type oh, of, wow. like the system. So it's like the Mississippi backwater. It's, and then like, it's the driftless region. Matt went there for my wedding. So he kind of knows what I'm talking about, but it's, yeah, yeah. So unglaciated. It's really so it's, it's actual hills, some elevation in the, the Midwest and, um, it's our favorite place. So, so yeah. When you say camping, you don't mean glamping, right? Like you're at, no. you're like, are you roughing it? Yeah. So we, um, <laughs> we, we have an interesting way of camping. Like we don't, I don't know. We, we don't do anything like spectacular or if that makes sense. So yeah, it's, it's like a, we actually have like a, a tent that I inherited from my aunts and it's, it's like the, the boy scout almost looking ones where it's like a, a T or you just like throw it over <laughs> type of situation. They're, they're awesome. But, uh, oh, really? and then like with, with food, like, yeah, we like plan out what we're going to eat, but it's like what we eat during nice. the normal week. So we have like cereal, um, French press coffee. And then it's just like, like, what would we normally go? We're going to have burritos and then we just like have it. And then like, yeah, we have a big cooler. There you go. Boom. That's a oh, cooler. Nice. The coho. And, uh, it's like a generic Yeti, I think from Costco, but, um, got it for a wedding gift. And, uh, yeah. So we, we just do that and we'll be on the, the, the canoe the whole time and hopefully we'll catch something to eat. And yeah. Nice. What are you guys going after there? Um, so we usually do pike just cause it's like such ease of fishing. You just cast yeah. it and it's like, bam. but, um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll try something different. Like there's the system there. It's, it's pretty interesting. So the, the, the Mississippi river in the, it's called the upper Mississippi river basin. Um, mm-hmm. It could be for like the whole Mississippi system all the way down to the Mississippi, but like, like there it's, they, they have it blocked off as pools. So it's like pool. Mm. We're like on pool eight or nine, but like, oh, huh. so like if you go, north or south like you'll you'll get to a, a dam right so there's oh. all these dams so i don't know necessarily know if it's a good idea on a canoe but like if, if you want to go walleye fishing catfishing like yeah you go by those dams and like yeah i'm not sure how i feel time. about walleye fishing on a canoe on a canoodle yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that's a big fish uh-uh. no it's well it's more so the like the eddy of the i have to check rain of like the oh that too like, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like is it um super turbulent yeah because uh, that would be yeah so Mm-mm. that's possibly we'll see and then Mm-mm. so there's this <laughs> like the the rip the, the drive system it's like a scenic byway going up and down the river but like mm-hmm. on it's called like the great river road of wisconsin i think it's called but like there's this one spot um i'm so looking forward to it it's outside of lacrosse but it's it's just called like i think it's the the river roadhouse shout out um if i'm saying the name right but they just have these ginormous pizzas with like a comical amount of toppings mm. <laughs> like uh, like I just, like there's weight uh, to it and like it's great and i i can't wait <laughs> i don't i'm i'm pretty picky as someone from the northeast about their pizza i don't know man oh you know this is, is it like deep um, dish is it like it's virgin it's not, but it's like there's so much toppings that you're like, oh no, this is an ordeal. But yeah, <laughs> that sounds like sacrilege. It's it's a lot. I'm sure you wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah, your Puritan pizza, yeah, exactly. Taste. New York style, like or nothing, man. Matt has you strong opinions it. on pizza and subs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just, I don't. That could be another podcast. Is things I miss subs. about the Northeast. One of them is good bread. I'm sorry. I love the Southeast. They just, there's no good bread down here. It's the water, right? Like up there, isn't that why? That's what I keep hearing. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Probably. I don't know what else is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If you're a baker, all please all areas know, of the U.S., everyone. Please let us know if you're a baker and you're able to make good bread. I'm happy to pay for it. No. Good sub roll. <laughs> I literally have bread going right now in the other room. We got like a bread machine. <laughs> And, uh, a bread machine. 
I only make one variety and it's whole wheat. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had it for like two years. Haven't made any other recipe than like Not whole some dinner rolls or anything. No, nope. I'm like, I got it down. Like it's perfect. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm saying? For like, cause yeah, right. Bread. It's like those, I'm trying to make it healthy. Right. Cause I like, just like, <laughs> I don't know. It, just well, all those carbs trying to make it healthy. That's right. Exactly. Cause it's like, I, I like to have coffee in the morning and like, I like, a slice of toast so it's like it sucks up that coffee otherwise you have like just gut rot all day so i'm like can i make it at least a little you know <laughs> something to make me feel good like about the day but yeah so it's like all it right. doesn't happen well i guess that's honey as like the sweetener but like hmm. it's got flour salt yeast and no it's preservatives bread. so right that makes me feel it's good bread. it's got some seeds in it some bird food they call right. it like okay. Too much banter. Yeah, I think we've gone far enough. <laughs> All right. I All think right. we. All where's right. your bingo car? We we finally got to bread. All right, everybody. I think we're ready to get down to the nitty gritty here. Welcome back to Freshwater Perspectives. So Riley's going to be in charge today. For those of you who do not know how Freshwater Perspectives is run, uh, we're still kind of feeling our way through the kind of format here. Exactly what we're going to talk about, but we like this storytelling based approach. Riley and I are alternating back and forth every week uh so riley started things off with the first episode i just went last week and riley's riley's up to bat today so what are we talking about today riley all right thanks matt so we are going to go a little bit different than what we probably normally are going to talk about on this podcast but this is called uh neos the african lake disaster so this is a disaster on lake neos it's in cameroon so i'll, I'll preface this so actually just to take, to take a step back a little bit too um this this is about like a disaster right that that occurred people are going to die in this story so i first off want to say that this is a real event that happened to real people who lost entire family members that you'll come to find out so i don't want to make this sound like true crime podcast where it's like you know tanya was a, a single mother of four and she died in an alley and everybody's like whoa that's crazy like it's this is this is real it it is related to limnology Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's kind of like a, a a mystery, right? It was a mystery mm-hmm. of what happened, and limnology prevailed, which we'll talk about, and and mm-hmm. that's why we're talking to it here. And another point I want to bring up too: so um, our our podcast is related to the freshwater science, freshwater ecology, and um, I, I'm sure at some point, man, I we'll talk about why we got into the field. But like, so there's people get into this field for, for other reasons. You know, I liked it because of, I grew up around lakes and the lakes turned not so nice and I wanted to fix them. Like, that's how I got in. And that's not to say that a story like this, that is kind of a mystery and a kind of like a, a science solving mystery like that, that could be a reason why somebody um, in the future gets into this. So hopefully yeah. it's, it's related to fresh water and it's, it's a little true crimey people, people died and we're going to be respectful of that. But, so it's it's a little natural disaster type of story, and it might be a little different than what we normally talk about, but that's why I'm talking about it. And nice. um, yeah, so I will say I so I recognize the name. Okay, I feel like we talked about it in one of my undergrad classes. Ooh. That it's one of those things where I don't remember it now, but once you start talking about it, I might remember it. And we okay. probably didn't even go over it in great detail. So I'm really excited to see. Okay. What you what what you have to bring to the table, Riley? Okay, yeah, because again, um, for those new to the podcast, we don't necessarily tell each other what we're going to talk about when each one of us goes. So I was wondering if you knew about this or not. It's um, it'll be good. It, it might be a little bit scripty than most of our talks, but uh, at some of the points, I do need to key it up. So mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about this as a kind of a we'll, we'll break it into the portions, and I'm not going to give it away uh necessarily so let me let me get into it okay so here's the Mm -hmm. intro all right let me pull it up i have a script everyone so it's not just (laughs) breaking the fourth wall no fourth wall again um okay two our two listeners are outraged i know one from illinois and one from maryland there we go through lines of the different episodes okay so on the night of august 23rd 1986 residents around lake neos a northwest Cameroon lake heard a rumbling. Out of eyesight, a bubbling 330-foot geyser 
out of the lake spewed a strong white mist that began covering the surrounding lowlands. The mist soon spanned a radius of 16 miles, affecting villages and farmlands. Individuals caught in the mist lost consciousness, and some died outright. Over the following days, 1,746 people and 3,500 livestock were found dead. Some of the dead were found in their beds um, or collapsed around fires outside, suggesting that their deaths were rapid and unexpected. Survivors of the aftermath were treated at local hospitals for asphyxiation and bubble-like lesions on their skin. This was found in both the living and um, the, the dead that was found. Around Lake Neoths, little evidence could be found except for a small landside on the bank of one of the, one of the lake's banks and the once clear blue water, which had turned a clay red. Hmm. Ooh. So this is what we'll talk about. What happened to the communities I'm, around Lake Neos? I'm tiddly. And, a couple, sorry to no, interrupt, Rob. A couple things. 16 Matt's mile eager. radius. Yes. That's what I found, at least in Holy one of the sources. cow. Don't quote me. Fact police, okay? That is so, <laughs> that's wide ranging. And there's so many things going on. So we have a landslide, a geyser, mm. mist, and unfortunately, a lot of deceased individuals. Yes. So we're... we bubble like legions, asphyxiation. Yes, I I have no idea what the connection is. So <laughs> it's a, again, I'm trying to uh, frame this as what happened. So that's what what happened. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk through it. But those those are, um, that's what people came to find. So a, a big thing that we'll talk about is you know people that were surrounding the area. They 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 died right so there's not a whole lot of eyewitnesses to actually piece together what happened mm. um yeah unfortunately there wasn't a whole lot to tell the tale and we are going to see it as a team of scientists so there's a team of scientists that did descend on the area and they were left to piece together what happened on the incident of lake neos okay i'm ready oh yeah great okay so after the events of august 23rd um this is in again 19 86 got phones <laughs> but i don't know if like you got internet right i'm trying to think of like um the news spread quickly that is to say that's what i'm trying to get across so mm -hmm. um in one way shape or form pigeons whatever um scientists they were alerted to this this incident so um scientists from japan germany france italy switzerland Britain and the United States, they, they converged on the Cameroon. So there was this idea that the, an, an international convergence of scientists trying to figure out what happened. They get this phone call and it was like, Hey, you got to go right now. Okay. Real quick before you get to in, I want to call my shot right now. Uh oh. Cause I, because it's in Cameroon, I want to say, like, guys, I don't know what else could be. I'm going to say it was, like, an underground, like, an underwater volcano erupted, and that mist was, like, hydrogen sulfide. I'm not telling you anything, Because that could okay? also cause burns. <laughs> that's, like, the only connection I got, man. I don't know. I don't All know. Right. So, um, I mean, that's a good point is that the, I don't know, and these scientists didn't know either. So, they're they're going into this area. That nobody knows if this is going to happen again, right? And mm -hmm. it's... Um, they have to go to this area and try to figure it out. And so the scientist background, it, it, it very ranged. So yeah, so there were volcanoologists or volcanologists. I'm not exactly sure how to say it. Um, <laughs> ge geochemists, geologists, pathologists, and um, lo and behold, our people, the limnologists came. Yeah, Mighty limnologists. Yep. Yeah. Like, did someone say fresh water? And then they just came. <laughs> for, the, for those of you who do not know limnology, yes. there's different ways to define it. Um, I usually define it as the study of inland waters. Other people will describe it as just the study of fresh water. So yes. there's a lot of overlap there. Yes. So um, that's a great point. Within, within our field, there's a lot of uh, niches, I mm -hmm. guess is the great word that people would probably know. So yeah, there's people that look at streams. There's people that look at rivers. There's people that look at... You know, movement of water on a large scale, groundwater. Mm -hmm. uh, you yeah, come to find out that there's a lot of different things, yeah. and this goes back to the point of why we're talking about this: is there's there's different interests to different people, 
if you're interested in this field, you can you can do a lot. You can do a lot. Mm -hmm. You can do you can go as big. So I like big picture ecology, like how everything is interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. Some people like what's going on under this microscope. So mm -hmm. um, this is this is a big picture, right? This is um, human, not human dimensions. Like a, this is also a human health concern, I guess. What yeah, are, I mean, uh, potentially. Yeah, yeah for right? sure. So this is this spans a lot of things. So again, didn't know what's going on. So we have people that, that look at that volcanoes, they look at geologists, all of it. Patho pathology, is it a virus? You know, who knows? Mm. So mm. a little on the morphology of Lake Neos before going on though. So um, this is a crater lake found in Northwest Cameroon. So a crater lake, for those who don't know, lakes can get formed in many different ways. There can be glacial scouring that leaves lakes, like in the, the, the Midwest, there can be like prairie pothole regions, like in the uh, Dakotas, for example. There can be reservoirs where someone blocks up a, a stream. Um, this, this there can be landslides. I'm thinking of like the limnology book right now. But mm -hmm. uh, so up crater lake, right? Yeah. Upwelling, yeah, so many, so many, everybody. Um, it's there, it's a lake. But this lake, it's a volcano was once there, okay? And an eruption occurred. So if, for example, people in the, the, um, the United States, Crater Lake is, you know, in, in Oregon, that, that was a volcano, it blew off, it left this crater in the volcano's center, and it filled with water. Um, you know, with um, crater-type lakes like that, it's usually indicative that it'll be deeper. Um, with really steep sides think of like a oh i don't know like a large deep cone right yeah i mean yeah. just like or like a you know i mean i think yeah you can you can picture just steep slopes now there's not like a gradual yeah you know kind of okay. like a lead in like kind a, of thing like my my water bottle here it's uh yeah there you go yeah right yeah. so it's like a, a cup. top it's a cup or a bowl like, right yeah so like neos it is it's just orient everybody it's it's close to the capital it's it's more of a rural area farmland some villages it lies within i'm gonna might butcher some of these names and i apologize everybody um oku oku um it's a volcanic field so there's volcanic activity man uh -huh. that. potentially mm -hmm. i'm not saying you're right or wrong and uh it's a volcanic <laughs> field high high area of tectonic activity okay mm -hmm. it's um about 390 surface areas acres acres of surface area so a bigger area for mm, sure yeah. average depth is 311 feet oh wow deep. yeah that's a... max depth 682 feet wow that's yeah it's a deep system mm -hmm. yeah so if you um a lot of normal kind of community lakes can be 30 feet deep for example um 60 feet that, that that's that's deep yeah mm -hmm. so deep lake cool um again i want to uh, reiterate that scientists they come to this area they that's it's all working under the pressure of not knowing if this is going to happen again what happened you know is it still actively going on no idea so pretty interesting and what these scientists do is when they get there is they start taking samples they sample they look at the geology of the area they look at um what's going on in the atmosphere they're looking at what's going on below um the the crater lake as well and they took samples from the water column also. So in doing this, I'm not exactly sure how long this took, but in doing that, they found at the bottom of the lake, the, the sediment layer, the, the, the bottom of the lake, mm -hmm. they found that this had was highly porous, actually. And even below the lake, mm -hmm. as you go down into the the earth, the, mm -hmm. the upper crust, I, I'm not, again, I'm not a earth scientist. A geologist? <laughs> Again, there's somebody out there, the facts police. I have that written down, the facts police, because I know um, <laughs> I'm going to get something wrong here. But um, they found that the highly porous, and there's actually pathways leading to magma pockets deep within mm. the earth. So there's this magma. Um, you know, this is a, a volcanic field, tectonic activity. There's that magma occurring at some point, and it's it's cooling. And there's that cooling. It's giving off gases. Not saying what yet. Um, and that's releasing and traveling through these pores to the lake. Okay. Hmm. Um, oh, next next section is I will tell you what it is. <laughs> so, in this <laughs> the sampling again, they're they're sampling everything about this lake around mm -hmm. it, what's going on, and they did these limnologists, for example, they took 
water quality samples mm -hmm. and they found specifically at the bottom of the lake it's it, a lot of carbon dioxide so hmm. it's it's super saturated well it's it's saturating into the bottom portion of the lake so if you think about a carbonated drink a seltzer you know it's that carbon dioxide is in that bottle right mm -hmm. and um, that's kind of akin to what's happening here they're finding it's it's this magma it's cooling giving off that gas and one of the gases is this carbon dioxide and it's it's going into this lake from the bottom hmm. makes sense yeah it's making yeah. yeah so you're having a lot of dissolved co2 just in that bottom layer of the lake yes so and if you were to measure dissolved co2 as you went down it would increase so it probably wouldn't be that high at the top it would probably be a little high in the middle but there'd be a ton in the very bottom yeah so that is one hmm. thing that they found it's it's Again, they're piecing this puzzle together, and we'll be doing this as we go on. So mm -hmm. um, carbon dioxide, that's one factor that they found, okay? Mm -hmm. Highly porous bottom, that's another factor, okay? Um, CO2, it's at the bottom of the lake. Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah. One of it is pressure. So deep lake, okay? You have atmospheric pressure. Um compounding that is water the deeper you go mm -hmm. more more pressure and that is holding that co2 um into what they found over time through that sampling is a, an extremely dense layer of co2 okay hmm. at the bottom mm -hmm. interesting right yeah and we should we should do like a limnology 101 episode yeah. <laughs> in the future we I will talk a little of... bit more, so you better okay. not scoot me. Okay. All right. So all right. This, sorry. Sorry. This, I'm hoping this is okay. So this is the next little section. Is yeah. researchers also found that this lake doesn't mix? Is uh, that what you're thinking about? Okay. That's, I was getting to that. There. Okay. All right. Now I'm piecing it together. Do you wanna Do you wanna talk about lake mixing? You want me to? Uh, you can go ahead. Sorry, I, I almost took the rug out from under you a couple. No, no, no. Ago. I'm, I'm being sincere. If you want to talk about it, um, this is like a um a staple that all kind of freshwater people kind yeah. of know right so mm -hmm. um lakes in some parts of the world i'm gonna preface that they they mix throughout the year and this mixing well let me take a step back so within some lakes throughout the world there can be layers that form within a lake so this can be um, if you think of a water column you know from the the, the surface is like um yeah, that where the atmosphere and the surface and you can go down the water column to the bottom say if you you know a span of 30 feet for example mm -hmm. um say from zero surface feet to to 10 feet could be one layer of something 10 to 20 is another layer 20 to 30 is another and this could be these somethings it could be temperature so mm -hmm. um this is the best example that a lot of people might think of is that especially in in the summer right when you have really warm days lots of sunlight that surface of your surface waters are going to be warm okay mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean your whole lake is going to be warm there mm -hmm. can be um different layers so the, the bottom of the lake is not getting a lot of sunlight it's not getting that warmth it's going to be colder and also water is different densities at different temperatures so mm -hmm. yeah look at matt He's yeah, yeah that's, I, I, I was i was getting i was gonna see, cut like, in mouthing it yeah like, it's all densities <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yeah so colder water is denser therefore it will go towards the bottom because it has more density mm -hmm. um and then they have this middle layer so um the layers are epi meta hypo limnon mm -hmm. so um top middle bottom so the, this middle layer is this mixing layer where um it could be it could be really steep for example so there's like it layers there's got to be a reason why it doesn't mix and it's usually like a, a stark contrast between one one area to the next so in regards to temperature it can be super warm water super cold water at the bottom and somewhere in the middle um it just won't mix because there's just too much contrast mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah oh yeah, yeah. and if i were to say a couple more things we talk about density density can also depend on things like salts so if you have yes. a lot of salts in your yes. in your lake um salts are obviously very heavy mm -hmm. so if there's a lot of dissolved salts in the water you can have bottoms of some lakes be very salty and the tops be obviously completely fresh water mm -hmm. um this, and this, you're talking uh, about road salts too yes um, so yes. well so that's an example of what matt is talking about for mm -hmm. people that live um 
where it gets icy. If you put mm -hmm. road salts, a big issue with that is if it goes into waterways like a lake, um, that will make the bottom of your lake salty. And it's, mm -hmm. it's very difficult, if not impossible, to get rid of those salts. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then when you're talking about how these layers are mixing, um, you talked about a little bit. Usually we think of a classical system that mixes twice a year. So we call that a dimictic system, di meaning mm -hmm. two, mictic meaning mix. So it mixes twice a year. It's usually going to mix um, in the fall and spring. So we call that fall and spring turnover. And usually what's causing that um, mixing. So I like to kind of start in the summer. So summer, it's very hot, obviously. So all that sun is just hitting that topmost layer of the lake. It's going to get really hot. The bottom layer obviously isn't getting any sunlight. So it's going to be very cold. So you get this huge difference in density. Um, and then as the summer winds down, temperature starts to decrease, that top layer starts to cool. Eventually it gets cool enough either where it gets colder, so more dense than that bottom layer. So it sinks and it pushes that bottom layer up or they're just close enough in density that some wind mixes it. Um, during the winter, all different kinds of things can happen where it freezes over. So water, uh, so ice is obviously less dense than water. So it'll sit on top. Um, and then as the spring comes in, so you're having that, uh, you're having that, uh, the sunlight, it's going to melt the ice. The ice then becomes heavy water. So that water then sinks all the way to the bottom. And then you kind of start everything over again. Um, then again, it can depend on the system. Some systems don't mix at all. So we call those amictic. Some mix a couple times a year. We call those polymictic. Um, some are monomictic. They mix once a year. Um, but I'm going to let Riley take it away now. Sorry. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for I mean, <laughs> indulging that, me there in a little totally analogy fine. lecture. That's, uh, that's what we're here for. Cause yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was my next section and you did it immaculately. So I don't have to do that. So I'm going to go forward. And, um, <laughs> I believe, so this, with this podcast, we'll, we'll have an associated article written, um, mm -hmm. relate to this. And with that on fishwaterandtravel.com, uh, if you typed in Lake Neos, um, disaster, um, that will show, I believe I have a photo of what, a an example of lake mixing, um, mm. and where those different layers can occur. So in the case of Lake Neos, though, again, we talked about salts, other things that can mix oxygen can be at different levels and other gases as well. So oxygen is a gas, but mm -hmm. um, CO2 is a gas as well, too. So yeah. there can be different layers of CO2, for example. It could be oh, yeah. a lot of different things can can mix and um, have different layers within a lake. A lake is not just, you know, it's not the same throughout. There's there's mm -hmm. there's different parts to it. So super interesting um nerd alert when it comes to uh limnology will mm -hmm. convince you to get into the field for sure that's right and so matt made a mention a, a couple examples of what can happen in when a lake mixes um, on the flip side of that there's some lakes without throughout the world that do not mix and this is the example that we see lake neos so some reasons why it couldn't mix is that for example if you're in the the by close to the equator you're, you're not getting those that seasonality. It's going to be warm on the top, potentially cooler on the bottom. It might be just so warm that it's, in that case, it is a, um, a mono layer, if I can be so bold as to say. It doesn't have that layering. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this case, Lake Neo, remember, it has that depth to it and that um, has that pressure and mm -hmm. it has this layering. So there's layering that's occurring, but because where Lake Neos is in the world, um, it's it's latitude longitude area it's it doesn't mix okay so here let's let's do a quick recap before we go on we got we got co2 we got mm -hmm. pressure we mm -hmm. got depth we got layering layering <laughs> and we don't have mixing okay mm -hmm. okay yeah got there's a couple other things that can drive mixing i think you kind of talked about the shape of the lake if it's mm -hmm. a lot deeper than it is wide you're definitely not going to get any mixing because mm -hmm. think of like the big thing i talked about wind action can push it doesn't matter how much wind you push across that lake it's not going to be able to drive that water 600 feet down yes. um yeah but but so this is this is going this is a great segue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um just because lakes don't mix everyone doesn't mean they won't <laughs> always mix mm -hmm. so um high winds so if you had a really violent storm like it, it could do it, right? Um, if you had flooding on one end of the lake that, mm. that brought up that water. So mm -hmm. um, if you 
yeah kind of like a bathtub type of situation where mm-hmm. like you think about like moving the water with your hand like it it can stir it can mix mm-hmm. and what they found in lake neos is by golly something disturbed this layering okay so if um you remember what i mentioned in the beginning there was that rock slide mm-hmm. uh, i'm going to preface this i'll, I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. say that there is um they they've from what i read the sources i looked at they they still don't for sure know why this unmixing happened but hmm. something somehow could have been that rock slide a lot of people think this rock slide um that that this pressure the co2 at the bottom this build up um something hmm. caused this release so think about a um well here's here's my next little segue okay i'm segueing myself so what happened next cue this rock slide we'll use the, the prevailing the idea that what was happening uh, mm-hmm. rock slide occurred for some reason or another that rocks you know if you think of a, lots of earth going down that might stir up the water uh, mm-hmm. but for some reason or another it popped the bubble i'm going to call it a bubble of co2 mm-hmm. at the bottom um and it's um kind of akin to what happens when you shake a bottle of, of soda and you open it it's this pressure release and out comes a foamy froth of mm. CO2. And this is, again, people passed away almost immediately. So there's not a lot of eyewitnesses and they're piecing this together. And what they estimate is that a foam bubble eruption occurred 330 mm. feet into the air. Okay. Wow. Matt, what's that akin to in a sports talk? I think it's 300 feet. 330 feet. That's just about the length of a football field. Bingo. I'm not that into sports, everyone, but hot Donna. So like a hundred yards. There you go. Holy cow. And they, they determined that that's what the size was by, okay, this is the crater lake, those steep slopes. Um, there, when they looked around the lake to see what was happening, they did notice that one side of the lake had a scour to it. Um, that went up 82 feet. Um, well, excuse me. They, the scour, the size of the scour on the side of the the lake. They determined that to get that type of scouring, you would need almost a, like a tsunami-like wave of 82 feet in size to hit wow. that side of the lake. So, um, violent eruption, right? Quick, violent eruption. Okay. And um, CO2. Okay. We think it's CO2. And mm-hmm. it's estimated that 100,000 to 300,000 tons of carbon dioxide was re- released into the atmosphere. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting, right? So, think of it released, boom, shooting up super mm-hmm. quick. And then when we talk about layering and, and different densities, this is going to be the through line through here is that CO2, carbon dioxide, has a different density of air. Okay. And I'm thinking of a try to think of like a way to describe this and the strong white mist. It took me a little bit and like, what, what does that like look like? And I was like, Oh my God, it's, it's a, um, dry ice, right? When you get dry ice. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much exactly what dry ice is. Yeah. Right? yeah Cause it yeah. releases, it's carbon monoxide frozen. Right. But it releases carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you think of like, um, like, like cauldrons, right? Like that's what I think about yeah. like, and it. It's spewing over the top. Yeah. And, um, so this this CO2 gets shot up in the air, denser than air, so it goes down, boom, goes down to the surface. It goes down to that lowland spots because the atmospheric pressure is driving it down to those lowland places. Okay. Mm-hmm. And within that, you know, ground to 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 this the CO2 layer is occurring, it's driving out oxygen. Okay. So it's it's pure mm. CO2. Yeah. And then so this CO2 envelops it. Um in my mind, I'm picturing it. It first fills the bowl of this crater lake, and then it goes over the side like the cauldron, right? Mm-hmm. And that um, it quickly envelops this area. Okay, uh, yeah. what I have written down, um, I'm sure it's what uh, whatever sources you look at. Um, this the surrounding area of 16 miles was enveloped, <sighs> and um, it, it sucked out the oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. So um, people that got into this, so. CO2 back in the day, or it was looked at as a, almost like a, for 
surgeries, right? Like an, uh, an asphyxiant. So it makes mm -hmm. you pass out, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so low levels of CO2. And I, I think, is it the Apollo mission, right? Where like the oxygen scrubbers, there's one movie, I think with Tom Hanks, Fax police, come get me, because I'm not exactly sure. I'm throwing yeah, it out. So, I don't know is... anything about film history. Sorry, man. <laughs> you know, but um, one of the ideas was there was uh, the, the CO2 scrubbers in one of the um, shuttles that it, it broke, right? And they had to mm. fix, try to figure out how to fix it with what they had, like, remaining. But, yeah, so the, within it, the movie, uh, I think it's Tom Hanks, right? But um, So it's like they're, they're like, kind of beginning to hallucinate, right? So mm -hmm. low levels of CO2 build up in the atmosphere not in the atmosphere in your area that can cause like hallucinations um, a little bit more can cause you to, to lose consciousness and uh, more of it so like you think of the ratio of air to co2 as that goes to more co2 that can kill you outright um, mm -hmm. you, you need oxygen right obviously yeah, yeah. and you can't without it <laughs> see if it's so weird to explain it you're, you're gonna die without <laughs> oxygen right yeah. so hold your breath <laughs> sometimes it's that simple <laughs> But um, so that's what happens within this radius, and and people again are found sleeping wow. in their beds. They're they're found collapsed by, um, by by the fires. Right, they're just hanging out, and then boom, done. They're like, what in the world happened? Um, so yeah. So I have two questions. Yeah, it's a, I was going to ask questions before I go on. <laughs> so did they say how? Like roughly how much um, like Earth was dumped into the lake during that landslide, because it had to be a ton to see, disrupt that dis that density gradient. I read it was just a small landslide, so huh. I don't know. I don't know exact amount of Earth moved, um, and I think hmm. that's why like this is the idea like um, they don't exactly know why. Yeah, or I guess that was one. I don't I know if like this... it could be like I did not read this, but I'm yeah. when I'm thinking about this, like I'm if if it's like this build up is happening. It's happening That's it's what happening. I was thinking at, too. At is some it... point it just needs to go. Is it that um, super saturation, you know? Yeah, like, that, like if that you layer um... that layer can only get so that CO saturated CO two level can only get or layer can only get so big before it overcomes the pressure being put down upon it by all the water above it. Yeah. So if you think of um, huh. putting not recommending this dry ice into a water bottle <laughs> put the cap like it'll go and then like yeah boom like yeah it's so almost it'll, like it'll... a chicken or the egg kind of thing did the landslide cause the mm -hmm. i'm gonna call it an eruption did it cause the eruption or did the yes. eruption cause the landslide especially if it caused this 82 foot high tsunami like wave mm -hmm. crazy so i'm huh. i don't know i didn't so i need to um <sighs> We need answers. Yeah, I know, right? And it's almost like, fifty years after, we need we need more answers. And some one of the reasons, um, like, um, yeah, this is this has been widely covered, so there's been a lot of, yeah, right? like there's there's hearsay versus actual facts. So I did look at trying mm -hmm. to like get the that primary literature, especially for some of this, uh, um, health related things that were going on, and that's those links will be in this article, um, just FYI. But um, yeah, so. Yeah, Maybe so something. that was my it first question. A, a limnetic eruption, what you said? Limnetic yeah. oh, eruption cool. is the term. So, yep. Cool. Nice. I didn't want to put it in the title because then it's like, yeah. spoiler alert. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, my second question is, so what caused the lesions? Okay, we're going to get into that next. All right. Oh, perfect. Yep, perfect. that's totally fine. So, um, what caused the lesions? Okay, so... Um, bunch of people died okay livestock died too i didn't mention that i mentioned that at the beginning but mm -hmm. so this covered farmland and then you did valuable resource um that just just total death right crazy mm -hmm. but not i shouldn't say total death because i'm gonna I'll contradict myself that there even though this layer occurred for some way shape or form people survived you mm -hmm. know is it because they were in areas and they're like there's these pockets was it like wind action that like a small area got amount of oxygen that people survived in but some people did survive hmm. and again this is this is real people real situation that happened this i do not want to make it like a sensationalized true crime type of podcast because some of these people woke up to their whole families dead yeah crazy but um so survivors that were admitted you know the um, on the outskirts if there, there wasn't a lot of co2 in one area but uh 
they they were admitted to the hospitals, surrounding hospitals after the disaster. Okay, mm-hmm. and we talked so far about the uh, scientists, quote unquote scientists, um, geologists, limnologists, like looking at the lake, what's happening. But on the flip side of that too, um, people admitted to this hospital, doctors, medical doctors were looking at what 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 are the the symptoms telling us? Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of symptoms, but there was a couple through lines, which I want to point on just so we don't get into to hearsay and stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, might not actually be true. But uh, there were loss of consciousness. OK, mm-hmm. um, kind of consistent with that asphyxia, the fixant of that mm-hmm. CO2 like a building. And then um, those lesions. OK. Mm-hmm. And when looking at that up, um, it it seemed that lesions can be caused. So like bubbles. OK. It's it's a pressure differences and like the oxygen in your body. I'm not a medical doctor, oh. okay? So like, and that, I'm, I, I don't even know if I should say that, but like the bends maybe where it's just like those bubbles where occur in your body, hmm. um, because of different pref like pressure and like different oxygen and and your, what's going on in your your body. Right. Huh. That's what I have so, written down. Okay. Yeah. Let's, so, let's... These, so these were definitely more bubbles. So were they like open wounds? Somewhere. Some were popped. And like, huh. uh, yeah. And I think it's kind of like, again, this is where like a case by case situation, like how this CO2 affected. Because I saw photos of like, um, yeah, like bubble bubbles. And then like maybe like wow. actual like pockets of like um, missing skin. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. But uh, with with that they they determined that these symptoms so like right away is it was an eruption was the one question like was mm-hmm. did a volcano go off or like volcanoes you got your magma right you got mm-hmm. like everything happening but the, also you have those those gases that can be toxic to humans so mm-hmm. um sulfur dioxide hydrogen chloride for example they're they're components of some volcanic eruptions and apparently those will cause different um health related symptoms associated mm-hmm. with it so like apparently so if there was like a if it was hydrogen chloride for example and that gas filling the atmosphere they they, they it, it has its its signature its telltale mark um on what it would do to how it kills a person if it, it's going to burn you chemical burn or something mm-hmm. um certain smells in the air they talked about um that 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 wasn't the through line and what they're finding with survivors hmm. so on the medical front they're like is this carbon dioxide like is this loss of consciousness like these these yeah is it carbon hmm. dioxide right so yeah so i guess all way, yeah all signs yeah. pointed the co2 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh. and then okay one more factor too um is there was i mentioned a change of color in the lake mm-hmm. okay and this is a another just great great limnology type of a reason why i i want to do this article is there's so many mm-hmm like limnology things you can talk about this lake lake mm-hmm. science and one of them was change of water color so mm-hmm. what the heck did that like how did that how did that happen and um this this one was actually kind of simple so it's the idea that wherever you are in the world let's take a step back to for this will be another limnology 101 um lake water water lake water isn't all the same color okay some parts of the world you have a uh, like leave leaf litter that goes out that that can like uh it's what's known as tannins it can make your water color a certain color so it's not dirty water it's not like mud coming into your lake but it, you can mm-hmm. have this really like uh like tea it's what tea does yeah. you know what i'm saying that's so. referred to as dissolved organic matter or dissolved mm-hmm. organic carbon doc yeah. yep um humic acid can be doc but we're getting mm-hmm. off a little tangent but uh <laughs> so they can be that you can have you can have algae cyanobacteria so like what what are the organisms in the lake that that can be an indicator of uh you know what what color it's going to be it can be what what the bottom looks like you know is it just so transparent enough that it's it's shooting out if it's, if it's super deep it, it could have a different shade of blue for example mm-hmm. i don't have these written down i should have um so i'm just spitballing here but um <laughs> it, it can be sediment like we talked about too mm-hmm. but um sediment isn't all the same thing so that's another thing. And so what they think with Lake Neos, what they know through testing is that the the red coloration, I mean, if you're in the, the south, you might 
you know know this too it's that um red red soils for example red clays there's a reason why it's red right like it's mm -hmm. um in a lot of cases there's always an exception everyone but um that that is that oxidized iron mm -hmm. okay so that's what they think is what happened that's what they thought think found is happening in lake neos is that um with this eruption it didn't just bring up bubbles right it, it, it mixed up that lake and uh, within the bottom within the sides of this lake there was these iron deposits okay they got brought up too and this iron was found within the water and it became oxidized so that 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 brought this reddish clay color so that the soils sediments brought up had this iron became oxidized changed the color of the lake so that that was that ended that solved that um little little question mystery in and of itself was why the color change yeah well in case anyone else is thinking exactly what i was thinking at first when riley brought this up i was like well obviously it was just a landslide it was just water eroded from the side of the lake but when you take a step back and think how big this lake was right what was it 31 square miles or 31 square acres do you have any notes yes there? yes 300, yeah 390 300 300 300 yeah, yeah. Big, yeah. Big, big, big. so a huge lake and especially if this is what is deemed a small landslide even if it was a big landslide it would probably only happen on that pocket of the lake so you really need something substantial to get it enough to change most if not the entire lake um to change color all at once um so that makes a lot more sense yeah also that we're, we're not done with lake neos but oh matt <laughs> I, th I thought the case was closed not yet okay not yet uh, okay but did you know matt that this is not the first limnetic eruption of co2 that ever occurred I did not know this. But I'm guessing, no, I, I definitely didn't. Yeah, so this this happened, okay, um, two years before. Oh, no. Yeah. So wow, so like Q, really recently. Right, Q, huh. the Lake Manown, M-O-N-O-U-N, in case I'm saying it wrong for everybody, um, Lake Manown, African disaster, mm -hmm. African lake disaster. This was, so again, this is, this is in like a, a volcanic field. Uh, if you a, a bigger area, there's there's more lakes in there, and this um, a unique situation. But in this case, there are areas where this also occurs, and one of this is um, Lake Manown. Okay, and two years before, um, there were survivors, more survivors in this situation, and there was an experience of a fountain of bubbles, strange white frog, strange white fog. And um, that fog filling up those low-lying areas and people unexpectedly dying. Hmm. Um, yeah. Literally the exact same symptoms or like, mm -hmm. yeah, clues, if you will. Yeah. In this situation, a, a total of 36 people died. And hmm. in the account, if I'm remembering this correctly, it was kind of like driving through lowland areas and mm -hmm. um, that they, the car dipped and uh, the truck dipped through it. And um, once they hit this lowland area, like the, yeah, people died, right? Hmm. I don't think everybody in like these vehicles died, but some did, and some were huh. left to tell the tale. Unfortunately, wow. um, in this situation, again, officers deemed uh, that was an asphyxiation, and this this did elicit conspiracy theories. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't. Think... <laughs> I can I can imagine that. Yeah. Right. That it was. <laughs> They're gonna go crazy attack. with that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like it's like what the heck happened? But um. In this situation, um, the lake was sampled, and there was the idea that there was a high amount of CO2 within this water sampling. And they're like, I wonder if there was a quote-unquote eruption, right? Mm. And uh, autopsies, so again, um, mm -hmm. researchers trying to figure out what happened, medical um, personnel, professionals trying to figure out what happened, and they, they deemed these autopsies as an affixant, so... Um, hmm. could have been due to carbon dioxide okay wow and um so yeah it happened before before lake neos much smaller scale and i don't think it was necessarily quote-unquote advertised right as much yeah. so um before knowing this I, I learned about this in one of my courses but mm -hmm. i didn't know this happened before until, until yeah wow delving into this this project oh, the this first article. thing that jumped into my head and i'm sure other people are gonna think of it too is like 
when could it's it definitely could happen again and when is it going to happen again especially if we're talking about it wasn't caused by a landslide it was caused by that super saturation yeah oh this is where it's like so important i mean obviously back in 1986 in cameroon you don't expect anyone to be taking long-term water quality sampling um Mm -hmm. but this is why it can be so important to study your system because then you would know like oh well we studied we sampled it the month before and the co2 and the hypolimnion was you know whatever the number was and you're like oh like maybe it's that maybe that's like the getting close to that super saturation point yeah well it's fascinating yes so let's let's go back to jumping to lake neos Mm -hmm. and let's look at the aftermath so yeah um reasons why i got into this you know it's 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 what's the problem diagnose the problem how are we going to fix the problem so now Mm -hmm. we're on how we fix it okay so within that sampling that research that was going on and trying to figure out what what was going on they they did notice that co2 levels were rising again at the bottom so Mm -hmm. like yeah it's like a Think of it as like recharging, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the volcanic activity below it, it's still happening. Um, so then it became kind of a race against time. So like, how, how can we fix it before it happens again? Okay. Yeah. And uh, just to set the tone, like, again, people didn't know what was happening. The the military around the area, they, they developed refugee camps. People were moved. I think 4,000 individuals were removed from the larger area. So this is like a... Like, oh my gosh, like what is going to happen? And um, yeah, so, oh, another thing I want to mention too. So the, these individuals that survived, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, some of them were like tasked with like burying the dead too. So like picture mm-hmm. that. Yeah, right. And some th- opened their homes to these researchers. Wow. So whole family's dead. And then they're like, you, you know, we'll, we'll host you while you figure wow. this out. And uh, so just, yeah. So there's this, this question of, is it going to happen again? When is it going to happen again? It's not just like a relaxing situation. It's yeah, it's the wow. real deal. I mean, and like heart goes out to those people. That is insane. Crazy. Like yep. good. For, I mean, good for them as far as like. I mean, I I, I, I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. to have the sincerity to open your door up to complete strangers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they figured out CO two. Okay, mm-hmm. it's building up again how how do we stop it that's that's where we're at now mm-hmm. and that's where you know yeah the the i'm thinking like uh like a breakout room you know lots mm-hmm. of like whiteboards and just like just spitballing what's going on going on and um there was a number of ideas that was like put forward so one of them was hey we can we can neutralize the lake with limestone okay oh okay so calcium carbonate is mm-hmm. uh this that, that and I, okay so the, when i think of this like what what common person know um that that doesn't study this type of thing and it mm-hmm. it's um think of tums when you have an upset stomach yet you, you throw in some uh <laughs> you throw in some tums that's that's mm-hmm. calcium carbonate chalk basically yeah. and it yep. it uh it it settles your stomach um in that case is kind of neutralizing pH if I'm following the logic so mm-hmm. all that dissolved co2 is going to yes. drive the pH down exactly right since yeah, when pH when co2 dissolves into water it forms carbonic acid yes so and to get off on a quick tangent if you were to that's why if you take the pH of rainwater it's slightly acidic because that's yes. it's falling through the atmosphere it's dissolving co2 in it I knew I was forgetting um, something when I wrote that down I was like yeah <laughs> so if you're dumping a bunch of limestone in there that calcium carbonate is going to force the pH up so it's going to turn that CO2 into bicarbonate, I believe. Something. HCO3. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. CO2, bicarbonate, carbonate. Yeah, that's like the, the way it transitions. Um, so if you yeah. bring that pH up to something closer to 7 or above 7, then the dominating form of um, carbon in that lake would be bicarbonate. Therefore, and bicarbonate is much more, it's not really as gaseous, gaseous. Yeah. When it's dissolved in water. Yeah. But yeah. So so you're, if you're bringing that pH up, you're changing, you're actually changing that form of CO2 into HCO3. Yes. Yes. Isn't that interesting? So that was one Hmm. um, thing they put forward, one solution. You would need a ton of limestone though. You would need a ton of limestone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, 
to put another perspective and example too, like uh, so some people lime their ponds, their private ponds, to mm-hmm. to change pH, for example. Um, it's, it's, it, if you ever seen it, seen it done, it, it's it's quite a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, this was deemed as it's just too expensive to do. Yeah, okay? uh, and yeah. so that was off the table. Um, a number of other ones we're not going to get too deep into it, but uh, so what was finally decided was a degassing pipe. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Put a pipe down there, pop that bubble, for example, yeah. and uh, just degas it. So, mm-hmm. um, in fishery hatchery management, for example, some some do like degassing for like um, nitrogen compounds. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it, it's not unheard of to do this. Yeah. In this case, it would be a pipe down. Uh, you turn on a pump, and that pump, it's just like a fountain, spews it out, boom. But the question was was so it was decided that this was going to be done, but mm-hmm. would the installation of the degassing pipe elicit another explosion? Oh, no. Like, once they <laughs> pop it, is it like a Mentos thing where it's oh, like, no. boom, and then like, yeah. yeah. So um, they it, 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 this was not without risk. Let's just yeah. point it out again. And um, so what they did was they decided to install progressively larger piping so hmm. like uh, i'm thinking <laughs> in my mind I, it didn't say this but i'm thinking like a hose like yeah it's like a little tiny little bit of pvc they put down mm-hmm. there and they just like turned it on and it's just like a and they was like okay it works and then they got like a bigger pipe and a bigger pipe and they finally settled on what what could happen or what could be implemented reasonably and they 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 flipped on the switch and so if you go to lake neos today you can see that there is a spray, a 140-foot spray oh, of wow. this degassing pipe that's in installation. There might be more than one now, actually. Yeah, I feel um, like there has to be because of how big that lake is. Right? So um, they but it, they installed. It was a success. So it was like one of these situations, too. Let me back up a little bit, too. So um, it was a success, but the, the idea of like the... All of them sitting out there and like, uh, shoot. And they like turn it on and yeah, it works. Oh God. Yeah. That sends like a chill down your spine, like whether it's going to work or not. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that is the story of Lake Neos and the African Lake disaster. Wow. I love it. Um, first off I'm adding Lake Neos to my bucket list, especially my nerd bucket list where I need to see Lake Neos and that huge degasser sprayers. That's I have awesome. My nerd bucket list too. I would love yeah. to go to Lake Baikal in uh, yes. Russia. Yes, 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 yes. There's a couple. Um, I think that's the deepest lake or second deepest lake. Yep. Or or is it Lake Tanganyika? It might be Tanganyika. A lot of lakes. Let's say those rift. It's always the rift lakes. The yeah, so Baikal. So a rift lake. For those who don't know, it's when um, two think of the tectonic plate. Okay, and the plates are going away from themselves. They're they're diverging going away from themselves and it's making a deep crevice so usually it's like a not so far across lake it's like a skinny lake that is just super deep and um i don't know how big deep lake my call is but uh hold I'm on sure I'm, like a, yeah, right, I'm, I'm pulling it up right here there's like a you could put like a submarine in it and it's like just happy yeah <laughs> it is oh that's the uh, i said deepest not not largest um okay so let's see Sorry, this, this gave me square feet instead of actual depth, which is not what I wanted. All right, so Lake Baikal, at the deepest point, this says, is 5,315 feet or 1,620 meters. Uh, in second place is Lake Tanganyika, 4,710 feet, 1,436 meters. Um, oh, then it goes the Caspian Sea, Lake Vasta, Crater Lake's there. Um, that's number Crater nine. Lake. Crater Lake. Have you ever been to Crater Lake? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I haven't. I have the farthest west I've gone is Denver, Colorado. Oh my lord! Yeah, haven't haven't gone out there yet. That's, my wife that's, that's another one on my on my nerd bucket list. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Interesting. Um, yeah, but that yeah. great job, Riley. That was a great find. I I <laughs> love it. I, I like figured the format at one point too. Lewis is gonna do it. Thank you for the compliment. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> again, it through line here i want everyone to know like you this hopefully this podcast is going to be applicable to a lot of different people and you're going to learn mm-hmm. stuff that you didn't know um this is more so of a 
the the, the morphology of a lake type of question yeah and uh, but yeah so there's there's many different freshwater avenues that you can be interested in hopefully we're going to cover them and if you are a young person trying to get into this field there's many different routes you can too so uh, there's not yeah. one path that matt and i we, we were from the same lab um mm-hmm. for a number of years we worked together i'm sure likely likely we're going to be doing two different things for our career mm-hmm. right so yeah um that's even it diverges quickly and there's no right or wrong um it's it's all fun yeah. yeah. And if there is, so first off, um, if you want to find this article, I think Riley already said it, but fishwaterandtravel.com. Um, yep. If there's any topics you want covered uh, on the podcast, reach out to us on social media, Fishwater and Travel on all the major social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, great job, Riley. This was, uh, this was, I was, yeah, huh? I was on the edge of my seat. I loved it. Oh, there like, you it go. Was like, like you said, like a murder mystery kind of format. I love it. Thank you for listening and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Awesome. See you, Riley. Yeah. See you, Matt. Thank you.